This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi guys and welcome back to your weekly Stoke City podcast every step along the way. Sadly, a much shorter pod this week due to the untimely postponement of the Coventry game, but we'll still be reviewing the draw versus Middlesbrough, as well as bringing you all the news from around the club this week and the plans for the pod over the Christmas period. And as... As always, uh, Dan, welcome back to the pod, mate. How's things? I'm good, thank you. How are you, mate? Yeah, I'm good, thank you, mate. I uh, had my booster jab today. Already? You that old? Already. Yeah, uh, you know what? It's weird. I've had some people who are in high eight, like risk groups and stuff not have an invite yet. And I had a, a request where are we? we were on Wednesday. So I had, I had a request on Tuesday night. Um, and then it was, yeah, book it in for the next day. And I was gone up, done, five minutes. Um, sit there for 15 minutes to relax and then come home. So I'm all uh, triple jab now, mate. And I must admit, other than a bit of tiredness, I've been absolutely nothing wrong with me so far. Yeah, from what I use, a bit, bit of a conveyor belt now, isn't it? They just sort of jab next, jab next. Well, so it, they get it, as many through as they can. Yeah, it was weird, you know, right? Because I was there right at the end and they had four jabs left. And I don't know if it's a time thing where they take them out the fridge or whatever and they've got to use them, but there was no one left to actually have the jabs. And they were going around the doctors asking if anybody needed to have the jab done. So they just do it there and then. I thought that was a bit random. Um, but, yeah, if, I mean, if, if Boris has got one thing right, it's the vaccination rollout, I suppose. Um, anyway, uh, importantly, it's good to be back, mate. We've got, obviously, a hell of a lot to cover. Um, and, uh, yeah, before we kind of get into all that, I don't know about you, mate, but I'm really, really excited for the kind of Crimbo uh, get-together this coming weekend. It's It's got it's got to be something to look forward to, isn't it? Yes, I think um, we'll take advantage of being able to get together while we can on the subject of uh, COVID there, speaking, <laughs> speaking about that. But, yeah, I'm uh, looking forward to it. Yeah, it should, should be good. Yeah, it is, mate. And I think it's always nice to get, you know, again, some familiar voices for some people who've been listening for some time. But um, if anyone did miss last week's um, kind of pod anyway, so it's going to be myself, Dan, um, a chap called Andy, who's been on the pod in the past. We've got Liam as well, who wrote the Road to Vakovic uh, book and also uh, Ben from the YYY files. So you're going to be uh, enjoying five different people on the pod all in one go. Very much a special 
Christmas pod. We will have the normal pod coming out. I'll give you some more information at the end of uh, the podcast today. But uh, yeah, we're going to have a couple of pods for you in the run up to Christmas. So uh, slightly different format for the Christmas pod. I think we've been discussing, Dan, and um, it's going to have the normal kind of, you know, news and, and bits like that if there is anything to discuss. But to be honest, this is more about having a bit of a laugh, talk about Stoke, team of the century, which... Um, if anyone hasn't been following on Twitter, we have had hundreds upon hundreds of of votes on those, and we've kind. Con- I think you pretty much worked through the entire team, haven't we, Dan? Is it strikers we're on now? Uh, yes, but by, by the time this goes out, uh, if you listen to this on the Friday, then the polls will be live up until six pm on the semi-finals, and if you listen to it on Saturday, then will the poll will be live, uh, obviously from six pm Friday till 6pm Saturday when we have the final for the two striker slots which are the last two uh, positions left to fill and what what a team, I'm not going to tell you any at the minute but what a team we are putting together <laughs> I can't wait to see the results mate, I think some of them have been really obvious and others have just taken me a bit by surprise and uh, yeah again I'm not going to give anything away Anyway, uh, let's get into kind of the the first part. And I must admit, mate, I don't want to really kind of dwell on this too much because, um, like I said at the very kind of start of the intro, it was a bit of a bore draw. But uh, what were your kind of overall thoughts to the uh, the Middlesbrough game? Just to give silence. That's it. That's all. <laughs> no, I thought, <laughs> I thought it was um, the effort was there. They were, they kept on trying, didn't they? But it just wasn't just wasn't going to work. There was just nothing came off for them on the day, uh, especially as you're going forward. The final third, the passes just didn't seem to, you know, there was, didn't seem to be that link up. In there, unfortunately, on the day, which then hampered, like I say. But of the two teams, I thought we, you know, we gave it a good go to, you know, we kept going, kept pushing on, and if, if a team was going to win, it probably was going to be Stoke. But yeah, I mean, they missed. The, uh, the big chance of the day, didn't they? <laughs> Very lucky. Just a bit. How the guys managed to shoot, but flick the ball off his heel into his <laughs> arm behind his back. I'll never know. And I bet he hasn't got a clue how he did that either. Uh, yeah, I thought that was quite laughable. But you spot on, mate. I mean, they had that chance. I mean, did they have many other clear-cut chances? I can't really, I I can't really think of much. I don't think they had any other chances, did they? Of, of I don't that? think so. I mean, I know, I must admit, you, you said we were the better team, and I, I think we, we definitely were. I mean, Surridge and Campbell probably missed a few. I mean, that the header from Surridge, where I think he was like about six, seven yards out, and he's just headed headed it wide. I mean, that's that's poor header. Um, again, I've noticed that with him a little bit. He seems to be missing these more these kind of sitters. He, he feels a bit like a... I don't know. I'm, actually, I'm, not, I'm not going to compare him to anyone in the past because that's probably a bit unfair. But he he, he's, he seems actually, you know, he's a bit like Cameron Jerome. If you give him time, he'll cock it up. Um, if you make him act on instinct, he seems to do quite well. Um, I was so, just yeah. going to say, I was just going to say the one way is instinctive. If the ball's just in the box, bobbling around and falls to him, you fancy him to stick it in the bag, don't you? Stick in the yeah. back of the net. Um, but like you say, if he's maybe one on one and the keeper's there and he's got a, that you maybe don't fancy him as much. But what I do like about him is he keeps getting these chances, and I'd be more worried if he wasn't getting chances. But he came straight on the pitch after being out for three games, and straight away he's got himself a, a header. Yeah, he's missed the target, but at least he's got himself in the right position to to get the header in. Um, like I say, I'd be a bit more concerned if. 
he was playing games and the ball just wasn't going anywhere near him and you know, he wasn't getting himself in the right areas. That'd be more concerning for me. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, mate. I think if you look back at the goals he scored early season, they were all like that, weren't they? Where they were, like the balls were played across at pace, and he's managed to flick it into the net. He hasn't had time to think about it. So, um, yeah, it's, it's obviously one of them types of strikers. And I mean, Campbell, uh, you, you mentioned, you know, you mentioned rustiness, and I think Sawyer and Campbell probably still suffering a little bit from a bit of that. Uh, there was that chance, if I remember rightly, for Campbell where he's gone through, similar to the actual Francis scenario, where he's kind of almost one-on-one with the keeper. I think there's a few defenders catching him up, but um, I think, again, normal Tyrese would probably just slot that past the goalkeeper. But uh, again, we, we, you know, we, we can forgive Campbell especially uh, for, for not quite firing. But um, again, it's again as you've said, mate, they're defining themselves in those positions and I'd rather them be in there than not. So, um, yeah, not not a great game. I, I say a board draw, it's probably a bit harsh, but I think the second half was pretty abysmal. Um, and uh, we've hopefully just got to we've got to move on, aren't we? <laughs> yeah. Let, let's be honest, we've got to move on. One to forget, anyway. Um, I, oh, sorry, go on. No, I was just just going to say, yeah, I think um, yeah, don't dwell on it. It's another clean sheet. It's another point. If we'd have said four points from QPR and Middlesbrough, people would have been happy. So yeah, I think it. it if anything, it probably shows that we are. We prefer to have teams that are going to come on to us and then we can sort of, at the minute, we are a counter-attacking side, aren't we? We're a side that likes teams to come forward, press onto us and then we can sort of break with a bit of pace now that Tyrese is back on the side and that and obviously timing on the wing um, you know, and then using those two to sort of break effectively. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think we... Like I say, Middlesbrough sort of came with the same outlook as well. They sort of sat quite deep, didn't they? And um, yeah, I think I think that didn't help that both teams were sort of like, no, you come on to us, no, you you come on to us. <laughs> and it's yeah, and uh, when when we've got to break teams down, at the start of the season we were doing it well, um, but obviously we we're missing a lot of players who were quite incisive with the passing especially going forwards and I think that's sort of you know and in that kind of scenario where we've got to play through teams and break teams down who are sitting in it's it's more difficult at the minute with the personnel we've got available yeah it is mate and like I say we, we've just got to adjust and I think O'Neill and his press conferences have said the same you know we're doing the best with with what we've got and we just need to accept that and um, like you like you said you know four points in the last two games you probably would have had the score lines the other way around um but as we've said so many times this season you know these scores they're going to keep swinging around about you've just got to hope that you know you you win more than you draw and obviously we're more than you lose obviously but uh we'll we'll see we'll see how it goes mate um and uh, just just so you know as well uh, Andy uh, listen has sent over um uh, a quick bit of audio mate because he was at the game um as well so he sent this over uh, just thought it'd be really interesting to see what he's got to say all right so Stoke versus Middlesbrough in my eyes it wasn't the same, you know, performance to how we played against QPR whatsoever. Um, I feel like we really did miss um, Romain Sawyers with how, you know, he likes to control the play and keep it nice and calm. We really did miss that. I feel like it, sometimes we did rush it quite a bit. Um, we didn't have as much possession as we did, and we played probably about half the amount of passes we normally do. 
But um, other than that, it was a fairly even game. Obviously, Middlesbrough and Chris Wilder, um, their form is rapidly improving, and I could tell from the game on Saturday that it was um, a fairly even game. Um, but yeah, like I've said, we did miss Romain Sawyers in that centre midfield, and I feel like for the next 12 weeks or so that he's out injured, we're going to miss him quite a lot. Luckily, he's going to be back for playoffs if we do get there, so hopefully he can help the side there. But um, just in general, EFL referees, they need to sort out their act. There was quite a lot of calls that I didn't agree with. And the ball, I think it was Marcus Tavernier, uh, played a pass with the ball out in the field. And the ball, when it went high up in the air, bounced probably about two foot out and just just wasn't given. And I sit 23 rows back in the booth and end, so you know how I feel about that. But yeah, on to Coventry and hopefully we can get a lot better result there. Cheers, Andy. Thank you very much uh, for the overview, mate. I think you kind of echoed a lot of stuff that we'd uh, really kind of discussed there. But uh, Dan, he, he mentioned um, AFL refs and how crap they've been this season in general. Um, any particular observations from you, mate, either about Middlesbrough game or just referees in general this year? I think they're just so inconsistent. It's it's just awkward because players mustn't know what they can and can't do because they just seem to make up the rules and change the rules week by week or even during the game. It's <laughs> doing what something's a foul and then the exact same tackle two minutes later is a yellow card. Then two, you know, five minutes after that, the same tackle. Yeah, carry on, play on. It's it must it must be frustrating for the players not to know you know what the refs because. That was what really got me on Saturday was he was so inconsistent and he was like, he'd let a lot of stuff go but then when there was a foul, he'd whip his card out straight away and you're like, there is an in-between, you know. <laughs> Every yeah. foul isn't a card and there are, you know, you, you, it's like, he wasn't, uh, he, just, he was just frustrating. <laughs> yeah, it's been like that all season on it, to be honest. And I think, didn't didn't the referee have a, a bit of a, a history for constant yellows and, and everything before the game anyway. I think I swear we remember discussing that last week, uh, if I'm not mistaken. He, he did, yeah. And I know he sort of... He was the same referee who did the Brentford Cup tie this year as well. And he was very frustrating and annoying in that as well. <laughs> oh, well, no problems. Well, uh, we won't dwell on this anymore. I think we've kind of covered it and given it more airtime than it actually deserved anyway already. Um, but just before we kind of do that, so the Man of the Match polls um, went out. So your options were Joe Allen, Ben Wilmot, Josh Tymon or other. Um, so we actually had a few comments on the other section, but um, in kind of last place, really, I guess. Uh, so Josh Tymon got 14 percent. Uh, we had Ben Wilmot with 15 percent. 50 percent of you went for Joe Allen, which is uh, going to rope a few people's backs up the anti Joe Allen club. Um, and then a good 20 percent of you actually went with somebody else. Um, so. I must admit, there's a, there's a few people. So, um, and Flux on Twitter went for Danny Bart. Uh, thought thought he deserved it in his eyes. Um, Rich thought Danny Bart as well. Um, and uh, John Oldfield said, I think that's a harsh statement there to kind of call it a board draw. He felt, well, we're trying more than borrow. We just couldn't find the breakthrough, which actually was similar to what you said, Dan. Uh, the ref didn't help at all. This is becoming a bit of a common theme now. Uh, yeah, breaking the flow of a decent game. Um, so, yeah, there was another one. Martin Moss, Danny Bart, Carl Podmore, Danny Bart, Woody Bridgman, Danny Bart, Wizard of Drivel, gunned for Danny Bart as well. The, I mean, the, the, I can go on. The, there's a lot of Danny Bart comments here, Dan. 
so either you missed a trick, mate, when you were putting these polls out, or uh, yeah, people have just got a different opinion. I'm not sure which. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think I did put as well when I put the poll out. So yeah, it's, it's hard to sort of distinguish which three players deserve to be on this list because um, it wasn't there wasn't very many memorable moments. Um, but yeah, it does appear that Danny Barr maybe should have been on there. Uh, but yeah, just, we'll just just to say as well, that is Joe Allen's second man of the match in our polls this year. Uh, his other one was West Brom at home. Obviously, that like cracking result we had that day. Um, and also, Josh Timon's points that he's accumulated from the Middlesbrough game uh, mean that he's now taken top spot off uh, Mario Vrancic. So Mario took off oh, Harry nice. Suter last week. And now uh, Josh Timon now four points in front of Mario Vrancic. One game though, mate, and it all flips on its head again, doesn't it? So uh, it does. Indeed. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna be interested. We'll have to send whoever the winner is for this one, mate. We're gonna have to send them like a little mini plaque to the trading ground, um, and uh, and and hand it over. I think we'll we'll sort that out. Um, cool. So anyway, yes, onto the Stoke City news for this week. Okay, so uh, first up, Dan, we always like to start off with our uh, low knees. Now, if it wasn't uh, the first team players constantly uh, getting injured, we've now got the youngsters um, in on the act by the sounds of it. Uh, So there's been a couple of injuries this week, if I'm not mistaken, Dan. Yes, unfortunately, um, obviously a lot of these low knees are going to be coming back in January. And, you know, we have lost Harry Suter to injury for the rest of the season. So it was a case of, you know, could we, you know, a couple of the youngsters that we've got out on loan, would they be coming back and maybe filling in the position that, you know, the the gap that's been left that uh, Danny Bart is currently, you know, doing and doing a stellar job on. Uh, but it appears the injury jinx, <laughs> the, uh, the injury gods have looked and gone, what, them two might be coming out? No, we'll strike them two down. So the two players in question are Connor Taylor, Bristol Rovers, he went off uh, with apparently a calf injury. Jerry Barton, the manager there, um, said obviously it was an integral part of the team and they looked a lot worse after he'd come off, uh, which obviously isn't good for them, but shows you know the kind of impact he's been having there. Uh, yeah, he got to half-time. Apparently he got a kick. He got a kick and took a knock on it on Tuesday. They put him out there Saturday, but he only lasted till half-time and then that was it. He couldn't, couldn't come out for the second half. So hopefully that's nothing more than maybe like a dead leg or, you know, something like that. He's, he's going to be all right maybe going forward. Um, but, yeah, well, that's something to keep an eye on there because he's been getting real rave reviews, Anti, A lot of people are starting to notice uh, Connor and, and the good forms he's been putting in there at Bristol Rovers. Yeah, I mean, <clears> he, as you said, I think he was on there until January, but I, think, I swear there was rumours about... Um, him, I mean, I know you said about coming back, but I think there was rumours about even clubs in a higher division thinking about trying to put an attempt in for a loan as well. So, like you said, mate, he's clearly making an impression. So, uh, that's what you want for all of our young loanees, I suppose. Yeah, it wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me one bit if um, if he did go up a level. But I think, I just think that the way that Barton um, has done with Harry Suter, 
will probably just mean that Stoke will be quite content, even though it is still League Two, will be quite content to leave him working there because obviously he's settled, he's getting regular game time. And as we've seen with a lot of these other loanies that we've been covering in recent weeks, they aren't getting them games. They're out and sort of sitting around twiddling their thumbs, sitting on yeah. the bench, some of them not even on the bench. Um, so the fact that he's getting regular games and he's such an integral part of their team, well, I think uh, he might come back through January where, you know, manager might have a look at him for a couple of weeks and then probably be sent back out on loan again, I reckon, um, back to Bristol Rovers. Uh, the other player, who uh, the other centre-back, who we obviously got out on loan is Will Forrester. He's been at Mansfield. Now, obviously, he, if Stoke fans might remember that he scored on his debut on the last day of last season when we won 1-0 at Bournemouth. So, um, obviously, he's come on, made his debut, scored the winner, clean sheet. Can't really ask for much more from that, can you? Yeah. Um, and then he got injured, though, in pre-season. And he actually missed a lot of the first part of the season. But um, Mansfield took him on, though. They knew he was injured. They knew he wouldn't be fit. Uh, but obviously, they took him because they knew, obviously, they'd seen how good a player he was and were willing to wait for him to get to fitness. And he didn't actually, he didn't even make the bench until the middle of October. Um, and then actually made his debut. It was like middle of November before he started playing. And that was in a, you know, like they just, what, what, what's that? Was he, John, it used to be the Johnston oh, Paints. Uh, John Paints, oh, yeah, um, I don't know what they call it these days. Papa John's, that's the one, isn't it? Is it the Papa John's trophy now? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, he made his debut in that. And he, <laughs> again, they won 6-3. But, but since then, he sort of got himself into the league team back and he played like three or four games. Um, but then, yeah, he had to come off uh, last Saturday and beat Carlisle 1-0. And unfortunately, yeah, he had to come off after 57 minutes um, with what's quite looks quite a bad injury from the sounds of it. So, you know, hopefully he's not going to be... Hopefully it's not like a, a lone ender, if you like, you know, a season-ending injury, but... Yeah, and he'll be back on the pitch soon, but then they're just waiting for some sort of results on that. So yeah, the uh, the, the injury jinx spreads. Yeah, it's I don't know, mate. It just it's, I can't believe how bad our injuries have been this year. I mean, I know we had a few last year, but Jesus, it seems it just seems to be one or two every single week right now. Uh, I don't think we can take any more any more hits in that front and I mean we mentioned you know Remain Sawyers last week mate and obviously we can give him a, a shout now I suppose but you know again another injury I mean he had that setback uh, as well during uh, it's kind of not setback rather he was more of a, a scan I think wasn't it I think last time when, when we had the pod last week they were waiting on kind of him to actually have the scan but uh, is he gonna he's gonna be out for another three or four months I think by the looks of it so it's just Again, it's not just injuries where, oh, no, they're out for a week and they'll come back. They are all long-term bloody injuries. It's it's really starting to take the pee a little bit now, to be quite frank. So, <laughs> it's so frustrating. We're just having no luck, are we? <laughs> no. It is, um, mate, because you know, we're, setting, you know, we're setting ourselves up. We're going on a, a couple of decent runs. We get a player that, you know, he was, he's been dividing opinion. But, you know, again, it's always better to have an experienced player in there than... Than, than not obviously so it, it's just the lack of continuity and then that continuity word is something I've used a lot recently but it, it, it's a real lack of continuity in the team which never helps anybody No and he, 
it must be frustrating for the managers because, like you say, he gets a, he wants a settled side at the end of the day, doesn't he? Doesn't he? He wants a team he knows he can pick and everyone knows the role, knows who the players are around them. And it's like every week he's having shuffled the pack because somebody's gone down injured. And like I said, a lot of them are freak injuries as well. They don't seem, they're not like normal footballing injuries. They seem to be like weird, just weird ones. Um, but Something yeah, to do with Liam like They're not like, like you said as well, they're not like, you know, 10 days, two weeks. They're only four or five month jobs. And, and then and then even then, like people like Nick Powell's come through, and he's, he's had a setback. So even like when you get a return date, it seems to be getting pushed back with him as well, which is unfortunate because we could really do with with him sort of you know at the mid, at the minutes as well. That we're down to three centre midfielders, aren't we? I think someone said like we started the season with six. We need three in the side every week, and I think there's only three available at the minute. Yeah, well, that, that's it, because he was, he was making progress, wasn't he, Powell? He was coming back to on his rehab. He wasn't massively far along, but I think when when he first got injured, they were talking about a kind of like end, end of December um, type scenario. But, I mean, from the looks of things, mate, he's, he's obviously having a pain. He's going for another scan now, which means he's going to have to pull back his recovery. Um, you know, obviously over the Christmas period, I'm sure that there's not an awful lot that the coaches are going to do. Uh, I wouldn't wouldn't expect so. Obviously, COVID's ramping up, so that's going to impact what they can and can't do. Uh, He's not going to be back, mate, is he, before probably the end of January at this rate. It's not looking good. Uh, So then, I mean, the question to me then, mate, if we've lost Sawyers, we've lost Powell, are we literally in a scenario where we absolutely must go and sign another centre midfielder in January? Yeah, because I think, well, the thing is, there's going to be suspensions, there's no doubt going to be more injuries. <laughs> so <laughs> yep. we we need to, I mean, the other option we've got is Adam Porter's out on loan, but he's out on loan at Altrincham. You know, it's conference conference level. Mm. He's And he's playing well, don't get me wrong, they've just extended his loan for a second month and they're really impressed with him, but it's going to be difficult. It's tough to ask him to... You know, he's played a handful of games. It's starting his career now. He's played a handful of games there. And then you're going to throw him, you know, three, four divisions up the ladder and expect him to come in and say, you know, we're going for the playoffs here, so you best, you know, settle straight into the team. <laughs> it's, it's it's a tough ask and maybe an unfair one. Mm, it's, it's not going to happen, let's be honest then. It's, it's not going to happen. So, I mean... In terms of, you know, we can come on to a couple of linked players in a second, but in terms of obviously what we do then, now there clearly is not money to spend in January. We haven't got a transfer war chest to, to, to kind of draw upon. So, again, I probably put the question similar to what I put to you last week, is that if Seema is maybe not quite in the plans, I mean, obviously he may be, but if he's not, um, there's a potential loan we could look to cancel to try and get one in and free up some money. Um, is that something that you're willing to do? If if you were the, you know, if you, you were O'Neill, would you do that and bring in another midfielder? Because, I mean, again, other than getting rid of players, I'm not sure we've got any money. Yeah, I think he's going to be looking at, I think free agents, if they haven't been playing now, then, yeah, that's six months without really, unless they've been keeping themselves fit, you know, pulling in favours at clubs and training, without a contract, you know, just joining and training, keep themselves ticking over. But then the match fitness isn't going to be there either, is it? Um, 
so yeah, so free agents you're probably struggling with. You're probably going to be looking more at loanees, aren't you? You know, can mm. we get a, can we get a couple of loanees and maybe a couple of young Premier League players? Um, can we keep Tashan Oklubu fit? Can we get him? Yeah, will you? Can oh, he have God. an impact for us? I forgot all about Tashan. I mean, if I don't know what it is about that guy. Even before his injury, he was nowhere. He, he wasn't playing, and either he's not good enough. Or he can't stay fit long enough, which again is just a typical Stoke thing, isn't it? Let's be honest. Um, so yeah, I mean, is Tashan any good? I, I genuinely don't have a clue. And he's been at the club for God knows how long now. Yeah, I, he, I think he seemed to do well in that sort of period. You know, like the um, was it Project Restart? It was called where you know we came back after the first lockdown and they were playing behind closed doors, and they seemed to be playing every sort of three days. Didn't they get a game in? Yeah. He, he played a few games then and seemed to do all right. And I think as well, he, he played well on that. Um, I think he made his date. It was like his first sort of impact was that last game before the first lockdown when we beat Hull 5-1. And he, he, I think he came yes. on at half time and he played quite well, set a goal up um, and did quite well there. But you'd probably be looking at more, like I say, he's been unlucky with injuries, but you'd be hoping that you have more of an impact between then and now. Well, it's one of them, isn't it, mate? If he's not, not going to play now with our injuries, he's never going to play. So if that's the case, just get rid. Because he, 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 you know, there's absolutely no point. Uh, he's not going to be... When everyone's fit, he's going to be so far down the pecking order, he might as well be in the under-18s. He's going to be that far away from it, mate. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see. Maybe he's one of them for the future that might rear his head in 12, 18 months. But um, on a bit more of a, a positive note, though, mate, uh, Wright Phillips, who, as most people know, is the son of Sean Wright Phillips, uh, he's been shown a lot of his ability in the youth team, Anthony. I know O'Neill's kind of been raving about him and he's been talking about him being around the, the club in December. Have have you seen much of Wright Phillips personally, mate? Or? I haven't, unfortunately. So I'm actually uh, I'm actually quite excited that they, they might be breaking in and around the squad because he's going to be somebody who's sort of new to me. Like, you know, that's somebody I haven't really seen play. I haven't seen enough of the, the under-23s in that late, last couple of years, unfortunately. But uh, yeah, so uh, from what I can gather, he's quite direct. You know, he's got good feet, good on the ball, good footballing brain going forward, and that you know can see can see players' runs and that. So if he gets in the side, somebody like Tyrese is going to benefit from that, aren't they? You know, if, he, if he's, oh yeah, you know, if, he, if that's the kind of player he is, you know, like I say, Campbell will be uh, Campbell will be making the runs. If he's going to be picking him out, he might be finding himself in the team more often. Yeah, absolutely, mate. And I've seen it. We've got Leighton Orient coming up as well. Yeah, I think we signed him midway through last season. Um, so he's been with us like just over twelve months now. And yeah, he's. he's uh, I think he played, scored a few uh, towards the end of last season, and that probably caught the manager's eye a bit. But yeah, I think he's. Uh, from what I gather, he's been training quite a bit with the first team. So yeah, the manager seems to have taken a shine to him. So. It's just interesting where he would fit in, though, because obviously as a wide player, is he going to be looking mm. at him as like a wing back? I mean, you you wouldn't think so. I mean, this is the whole problem with like the uh, the Tom Ince scenario that he's been banging on about. Um, maybe, mate. You know, you never know. He might potentially even play up alongside the likes of Tyrese. I mean, you know, he's very much been in that kind of ilk for what I, for what I believe I mean again he could end up playing a lot alongside him maybe he could be molded into more of a an attacking midfielder someone who kind of just 
floats around in that kind of attacking uh, area of the pitch. Maybe that's something they could do. Uh, be interesting to see, uh, yeah, to, to see what happens, mate. To be honest, um, I wonder if they're some, looking some... at him. I wonder if they're looking at him as like a number ten. You know, sort of obviously Mario. The thing with Mario is, at the minute, he's not able to take a break, is he? And he need, no. you know, we need to manage his minutes uh, to make sure not not just because we're breaking down, but we need to make sure we can get the best out of him when he is on the pitch. And I mm-hmm. think that's frustrated a few people, you know, when he's when he's been on the bench. And then people say, you know, if the result doesn't go our way, sort of the manager's getting pelters, isn't he? Because, you know, well, why have you left Francis on the bench? If he'd have played, we'd have won. Um, but then I think we saw last week against Middlesbrough where when too many games can do to Mario. And that's the reason why he gets left on the bench. But obviously at the minute, we haven't got any, 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 um, any other thing to, but to play him. Yeah, yeah, it's... It... We'll see, but hopefully he can stay fit because I think he's been pretty decent. So, uh, yeah, f- fingers crossed on on that front anyway. And um, I must admit, mate, but it's raining good news. But yeah, we've had Wright Phillips. We've now got uh, raining good news and potentially two new signings, mate. So um, best place to start. I mean, again, January uh, is very much upon us. And, uh, you know, it's not surprising. And I'm sure everyone's probably seen it. But uh, Malmo and Sweden international defender Franz uh, Brawson, I think it might be pronounced, uh, is out of contract in about two weeks' time. And I think people are talking about him being the new replacement for Suter. And then obviously when he comes back, uh, the final replacement for James Chester uh, with, with a bit of luck. <laughs> so, do you, yeah, which is never a bad thing. Uh, do, do you know uh, much about this guy, mate? I must admit, I don't think many Stoke fans have really ever seen him play, let's be honest. Um, no, being honest, I don't. <laughs> uh, however, the fact he's been playing for Malmo, and obviously, you know, I think they believe they were sort of Champions League really this year. So, yeah, I mean, it can't be a bad thing. I think their season, uh, his contract's just ending, it ends on 31st of December. Yeah. So he's going to be a free as well. But whereas, obviously, like I was saying before, the free transfers, that if we're going to be looking at British-based players, they're going to be six months out of the game, whereas he's coming fresh from playing and um, obviously you know playing and training with Malmo. So he's not as if he's sort of bringing him in from the cold, are we? He's just going to continue where he's left off with them. Well, that, that's just it, mate, because he's 25 as well. So, you know, we're not bringing in a 30, 31-year-old player who's just going to be, you know, over his peak, if you like. So we should be coming up to that. I mean, he played 100 games for Malmo, mate. Um, I was looking him up earlier on in terms of just some basic stats. Uh, he's not exactly a goal-scoring defender, mate. He scored three goals in 125 games. Um, so, uh, yeah, <laughs> not exactly uh, the, the Ryan Shawcross or Robert Huth of old. Um, so, I mean, I think the one thing with this, we've been talking about John Suter and that link has obviously died a lot recently, probably just because the window's closed. I'm sure give it a week, it'll be back on the radar. But I think the fact that they were asking for near on a million pounds for Suter, um, and I don't think we're in that situation uh, at all to even consider that. Do you think this is just a, a stopgap before we get John Suter? Or do you think that the Suter link was probably always a load of bull um, and we're just going to take this because it's the... The, the cheap option, let's be honest. I think they probably would have liked to have done the John Suter deal, um, but the numbers probably just don't match up. I think there's a lot, I think, is it Nottingham Forest weren't for him as well? And yeah, there's a lot of money swishing around at Nottingham Forest at the minute, isn't there? They've, they, um, 
They're the same people who own them. Is it the same people who own them who own Olympiacos? I think I'm pretty sure it is. Um, Sure, I I think so. Yeah, so I think uh, yeah, they've obviously they've been trying to get in the Premier League for a couple of seasons now, and not not really managed to have the. No, no. We'll see what happens with the, with with that particular link, mate. But like I said, I don't think we're. I think we would have signed him potentially if uh, the. I'm going to get confusing now. The big John Suter, uh, not not big John Suter. You're going doing already. You get me confused. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, Mr. Harry Suter. So if, if if Harry would have been sold, um, then I think that you know that type of deal would have been probably a, a direct replacement to soften the blow. But um, I'm still kind of looking for the stats of you know, two brothers who physically played together. And I, don't, I still don't think it happened, mate. So uh, we'll see, mate. But yeah, again, he's not going to be on much playing for Malmo, um, to be honest. So I think wages won't be a problem. I think he's just a nice, cheap replacement uh, for, for the time being. And anyone, uh, to be fair, anyone can replace James Chester, let's be honest with you. I mean, me or you may have a good chance of replacing James Chester. So... Um, yeah, we'll uh, we'll see yeah, how. Speak, see how speak that for one yourself. Point. I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure about me. Well, mate, can, if you can, can you pass three yards and can you kick in a straight line? If the answer is yes, you're better than than, than James Chester. <laughs> Ouch! Sorry, James, if you're listening. <clears throat> oh well, um, I'm sure you're not, but whatever. Uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, we'll, we'll see what happens <laughs> with that one. Um, and then uh, just one final one to to kind of uh, kick off with. Actually, sorry, finish off with. Uh, so uh, Marcus Fours, mate. Um, there was a loan link for him from from Brentford, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. I was looking him up earlier on. Um, he'd scored eight goals in 52 for them uh, overall, but then he went on loan to Wimbledon and, and scored 11 in 18, which obviously is a is a bloody good return. But again, not being funny, if we're signing anyone in January, do we really need another striker? It, we seem a bit heavy in that area. I mean, for me, uh, we've discussed we need a midfielder surely who's going to supply our current batch of strikers rather than just getting another striker in yeah I mean he's got five goals this season hasn't he but four of them were against um, Oldham in the cup yeah there has not been that you know that, that prolific however he did he did play uh, against Watford came off the bench uh, on Friday night set up the equaliser for Brentford you know they scored two late goals come back to win win the match so, you know, he's, he's in and around there, sort of set up and that. He's been playing for Finland as well. So, yeah. I mean, he played, in that, he played in that game, um, obviously, when Brentford beat us in the cup. He, played, he started that match. And uh, I think he actually, I'm sure he set up Ivan Tony's goal. It wasn't like a, a major assist, you know, like an eye-catching assist as such. But I'm sure he sort of played a part in that goal. But yeah, okay. he's um, the thing. He's 22 as well, so you know more. He's probably working his way up sort of the leagues to get into Brentford, you know, more consistently. If he's been, like I say, he's been now in like lower down leagues and that he's proven himself there. But like I say, if we're going to bring in another striker, there's one position in the team in the minute we are overloaded. We've got five strikers with Seamers, fit and firing, which after the manager's comments last week. Is you know fifty fifty whether he's uh, putting the effort in I think or showing his showing his ability in training. Yeah, um, but yeah, if them five if them five are there, I would want if we're going to go in for another striker, I'd like it to be somebody who you know we could 
an exciting striker signing. Not somebody you're just going to go, well, well, I suppose add him to the pool kind of thing. It'd have to be somebody who's like, oh yeah, you know this this guy could come and score as a could score come and score mountains of goals. You know, and I'm, you know what kind of names we're looking at there? People like Liam Delap, that kind of. It'd be those kind of strikers where if it goes, if it clicks and it goes well, it could well be the one that fires us up, you know, to promotion. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I, I get that. I think the, the thing for me with, with this one, it just seems like it's another Sam Surridge or it's another Jacob Brown where they've just been kind of coming up through the ranks and they're trying to prove themselves. I just don't think we've got the luxury of waiting for someone 12 months to try and prove themselves, to be honest. But yeah, I mean, again, as you said earlier, let's just try and go for a young midfielder on loan, an attacking midfielder, um, someone who's going to supply the actual balls, maybe not to the level of Vrancic. I think that's probably asking a bit much, but uh, still, someone of that ilk, mate, will certainly do for me. Um, and I don't think I've seen any other players linked. I'm sure there'll be, um, I'm sure there'll be some more uh, players that are, are coming on in the next week, uh, no doubt. But um that kind of does it for, for this week's uh, news section. So like I said at the very start of the pod, uh, because obviously Christmas is coming up next week, uh, we're going to be doing the Christmas special pods. So we're going to be recording that Sunday. Um, that will basically get uh, released at 7am on Tuesday. So that's a slight bringing that forward. And then the normal pod, so the standard pod that we normally have, that again will be coming as well. But instead of it being released on Friday, it will be released on Thursday. So Christmas special, Tuesday at 7. The normal pod is Thursday at 7. Yes, we don't want to, we don't want to be we're blagging you all on Christmas Eve, so we're going to give you 24 hours earlier. Yeah, so we're going to be very busy next week. But uh, yeah. so, again, for for everyone, thanks for again for listening. Always appreciated. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll uh, very much see you all, and hopefully you enjoy the Christmas special. Uh, and we'll see you all very very soon. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.